0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Fianta. You know what Christy Matheson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the
1: screen is
0: Daniel Kern.
1: Like, if we just clipped together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles we've done a mickey cochran episode i can't get past rabbit marinville it's it's not necessarily hall of fame it's not necessarily above average but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore
0: and welcome to above replacement radio where we're talking baseball kind of whenever i am your host christian over there across from me as you cannot see on youtube unfortunately is daniel curran how are you doing daniel
1: chris i'm doing extremely well today what a weekend it was. I mean, getting to watch live real baseball again, that felt so good. I watched an exuberant amount of baseball last weekend. Uh, I think from, like, Thursday to – on Thursday, I went from, like, 1 to 12, and it was, like, the same thing every single day.
0: Yeah, right, 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 was, like, yeah. I
1: not say at this point. Like, there are two months out of the out of the year where I, like, don't mess around, and it's April and October.
0: Right, that's true. Yeah, October I definitely, like – you know, it affects my life around me, mm-hmm. and uh, the people I love—they lose touch with me for, <laughs> uh, you know, those three or four weeks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But but I come back. I come back. I do. Um, uh, yeah. I have a funny thing with with four game Friday. Odd. Yes, you fun, do. Funnily enough, <laughs> I won't get into it today. Maybe 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 a maybe down a later. Down the line. Maybe down the line. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's it's funny now, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. You know, it's been it's been fun seeing uh, competitive baseball, especially after a time where it was a little bit in doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard not to overreact to everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep it's, the the Rays are gonna go one sixty two and zero. Yeah, yes. Don't, don't look at who they played; it doesn't matter. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it's hard not to overreact. Yeah, like. uh you know, it's hard not to picture, you know, Stephen Kwan is American League MVP.
1: It's hard to picture him hitting below 700.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying not to overreact, but it's it's just it's the hardest thing not to do. Um, but uh, I don't know. Should, when, when should we get into – where
1: should we start here with, with this weekend? I'll take I'll, – so I prepared a few takeaways. Um, I feel like we should just start with some general stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know what if I mean, like, I guess maybe some teams, uh, the Diamondbacks, that was cool. St- Seth Beer hitting the walk-off home run on yeah. National Beer Day. Um, <laughs> that was such a weird weekend for the Diamondbacks because they otherwise would have gotten swept in a four game series. They had, I think, two hits all game. Uh, one of them was in the seventh to break up, uh, the no hitter for you, Darvish. <laughs> and at that and like... They went into the ninth trailing two nothing, and it was like walk, walk, hit by pitch, walk, home run, or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty wild. Uh, and yeah, the Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks, you know, them and the Padres cannot just just cannot avoid the threat of no hitters mm-hmm. with Tyler Gilbert last year. Uh, Blake Snell had seven no hit innings against the D-backs, and then now. Yu Darvish had what six? And
1: Sean Manaya had six, or maybe even seven. Yeah, oh. Sean Maniah had seven. Then Tim Hill, I'm pretty sure Tim Hill came in after the relievers or after the starters came out and immediately gave up hits in both games, like yeah. first battery faced.
0: Yeah, it's like let's you know let's kill the excitement here a little bit. Uh, yeah, so that you know that was cool, good good opening day for them. But you know it reminds us that yeah, it's only opening day. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox, the Red Sox in 2018, their opening day consisted of a, of a, of them blowing a four run lead. Very, mm. uh, and, and then they won however, like, uh, 108
1: games, 119 yeah, total.
0: But like even how'd they, how they start? They started like 17 and two. Yeah. So they won 17 in their next 18 after that. <laughs> but, but again, it's hard not to overreact.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Other just general things. I'm trying to think of like uh, teams that did well, pitcher, just teams that did anything notable. Um, did you see that Javier Baez walk off on Friday?
0: I, I sort of did. I did it. I, it seemed like there was like a dropped fly ball.
1: It hit. It hit off the top of the wall and then bounced into AJ Pollock's glove. Okay. And he tried to sell that he caught it. He didn't. It yeah. hit off the wall. Um, the Nationals and Astros City Connect jerseys look nice
0: they do they yeah. do um nationals and who else
1: have had the city connect jerseys the astros
0: astros yeah i haven't seen the astros i know the
1: the space city ones
0: nice the nationals uh yeah they've been they ha- they kind of had a very lo- looked like a lot of the architecture they have in washington mm-hmm. like the,
1: with, it was the cherry blossom
0: right right mm-hmm. and, and uh it was just kind of like gray like yeah. grayish but it, lo- it looked
1: it looked it looked okay it did
0: look nice um yeah that was cool no there were no sweeps or did no s-
1: no the razor were the only one who did they play again the orioles
0: okay yeah oh yeah that the, doesn't really count yeah the Rays, there were no real sweeps yeah the ra- yeah the team that went 18 and one against the orioles last <laughs> yeah. year
1: this year they're going for 19 and 0.
0: They're going for 19 and 0. Although
1: they, um, If they if they didn't lose that one game, maybe they would have beaten the Red Sox in the division series. Potentially. Um, the Rockies took 2 out of 3 from the Dodgers.
0: Yeah, right, right. Uh, that was at Coors.
1: i mm-hmm. I'll be getting into one of those uh, games later so we can save that one, I guess. Nice, nice. Um Yeah. Other than that, uh, Cubs took 2 out of 3 from the Brewers with their top 3 going, Seiya Suzuki homered off Freddy Peralta
0: right right uh oh yeah the the corbin burns thing tickled my fancy he yeah it's in 2020 yeah in 2021 it took him uh 127 batters to walk his his first batter and in 2022 it took one batter
1: yeah i think uh also i think that at this point the twins have only scored on home runs which makes sense that's why 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 else would they that's so funny how else would they score I think uh, Sarah Langs had a tweet where she was like, "The first sixteen runs they scored were home runs, and like only a few other teams had ever done that in like the last hundred years or something like that." <laughs> yeah, I want to find the exact the exact stat.
0: That's pretty wild. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. That the Twins have scored yeah three games in which all their runs were home runs.
1: They also scored like ten runs yesterday. Quan base percentage. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that from Jeremy Frank at MLB Random Stats. That's that's too good. Um, yeah, out the way. That's kind of that's kind of all the general stuff. Um, I guess I can get into my first big takeaway from the weekend, and uh, it was the Apple TV broadcast. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, Chris, but um, I was watching the uh, Angels and Astros game on. I think it was it was either Thursday night or Friday night. I think it was Friday night, and they had this little feature on the, um, like on the broadcast in the bottom right corner where it would take you through the at-bat, Like in, in each count it would tell you like the percent odds of how the at-bat was going to end, like, which was inherently a pretty cool thing. Like Every time you know, another pitch was thrown, it would change based on what happened on that pitch, uh, and like the concept of it seemed pretty cool. But it was just blatant lies the entire time. <laughs> so I, 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 wrote, I wrote some of this down so I could share it with you. Uh, so I paid attention to this for four plate appearances all in a row, which was the only time I really paid attention because I realized how ridiculous it was. Okay, so we're just going to start off. Shohei Otani is up at the plate, right? It's a 1-0 count. What do you think the percent chance is, according to this broadcast, that he reaches base? Um.
0: Percent broad percent chance uh that shohei otani reaches base on a 1-0 count um 540 or 54 percent chance
1: 54 percent chance the league average is probably like 370 after 1-0 ish right Uh, according to this broadcast he had a 29 percent chance to reach base (laughs) (laughs) doesn't make any sense and that's the least weird of all these oh my god (laughs) so uh mike trout is up next and he's in an 0-2 count And it gives him a 26% chance, which actually makes sense. Like that, even if it's Mike Trout, you know, 0-2 count, it's hard to dig yourself out of that hole. 26% seems reasonable, right? Yeah. And the pitcher throws one ball, and it goes to 43%. A 430
0: (laughs) OVP through a 1-2 count.
1: (laughs) Like, like, uh, maybe that's a Trout thing, but I think it's crazy that it went up that much. Yeah. And even if it really is a Trout thing, this is what really got me. So it's a 1-2 count. The next pitch, Mike Trout fouls off, and it goes to 40%. <laughs> he, had, he hit a foul ball. It doesn't change the count at all. Right. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's weird. Um, So then the next one was Anthony Rendon. Uh, I'm going to have you guess for this one again. Comes up to the plate, 0-0 count. Just standard Anthony Rendon coming to play. What's the chance he gets on base?
0: Um, You know how it – should be. Give you, like,
1: I was gonna say, give your guess and give your guess for the broadcast. It
0: should be like thirty-five, thirty-six percent chance ish. Uh, maybe if you bias like his last couple years, maybe thirty-three percent chance. But or, and not last couple of years, last year. Um, but the broadcast had him at twenty-one percent.
1: 18 percent no way. 18 <laughs> percent chance anthony <laughs> rendon gets on base <laughs> just coming up to the plate and then the pitcher throws a first pitch strike and it goes to 23 percent it who are, goes up
0: who, yeah that that's weird
1: who are they facing
0: the astros uh was it any, any particular pitcher like a honestly
1: really... i don't even remember it probably <laughs> wasn't verlander or anything no it wasn't it was the friday game uh trying to remember I think uh Jake Odorizzi started that game yeah
0: that's not it's not someone which like
1: then again it could have been a reliever I honestly don't remember what point of the game this was I was just dumbfounded by this whole thing but just in general how does how does an 0-1 count increase the chances of getting on base yeah no it doesn't (laughs) by 5% it went from 18% to 23% and the last one uh, Alex Bregman comes up the next inning it's an 0-0 count Percent chance he gets on base is 37%. Actually yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, it does. Takes a first pitch ball. Where do you think it goes?
0: Well, it should go to like 48%. I'm going to say it went down.
1: It did go down. Where do you think it went?
0: <laughs> 22%. 23%. You no. actually like we're close <laughs> to nailing it.
1: It went down f- uh, 14% <laughs> after a first pitch ball. <laughs> Oh my God! After it went up, after a first pitch strike to Rendon, like, yeah. this brought like I was I was actually very entertained, but then I was just like, I can't do this anymore. This is just like breaking my brain.
0: Right, uh, right.
1: So that was the that was my experience with the Apple TV broadcast. the The idea, like the concept, seemed cool. I would just love some accurate numbers. I think that'd be pretty dope. Uh, because yep. that whole thing was just it was lies. None of that's true.
0: Yeah, that seems seems a bit uh yeah that seems a bit crazy <laughs> for for that to happen um so yeah i guess that leads to um my
1: takeaway and can i can i steal this uh real quick yeah for sure uh, it's the sarah lang's tweet i was talking about she said quote the twins scored each of their first 13 runs of the season via home run the longest streak of runs only coming on the home run to start the season for any team since at least 1961 which is the expansion era so that was a dope stat.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's that's a very good stat. Uh So my uh yeah, my little takeaway uh it definitely has to do with on the field stuff, but uh something I think, you know, I I guess one start doesn't define it, but he already had a great year last year after um after a like you know, after a a a very good year that but it was his first very good year and he got uh, he got some money in the off season. Uh Carlos Rodon. Mm-hmm. He had 12 strikeouts in 5 innings, albeit it was the Miami Marlins, one of the worst uh lineups in baseball right now. Uh 50% whiff rate uh on the day. That's That's crazy. Pretty insane. What was his called strike and whiff rate? Um his slider had a 57% whiff rate. Nice. That's been you know, his best pitch, uh, you know, over the, over his, you know, successful span. Um, and, uh, his fastball was averaging 97.4, you know, kind of where he, where he likes to have it. And I think it kind of solidifies to me a little bit, maybe not all the way, but, you know, I think we should expect continued success from Carlos Rodon, you know, next last year probably wasn't, uh, that fluky but you know we all saw a strikeout rate go up crazy high you know didn't have a high walk rate um and yeah like 12 strikeouts in five innings even if it's even if it is the the Miami Merlins offense um you know that's something uh something that Giants fans should be very happy with and uh you know as long as, as he stays healthy he should be you know like, probably competing with Logan Webb for the number one yeah. spot.
1: I feel like a lot of people forget, going into the All-Star break last year, like, he was the American League Cy Young. Mm-hmm. Like, it was him and Garrett Cole.
0: Yeah, he was right up there. Yeah.
1: He had a crazy good start. Uh, and, yeah, you mentioned it. If he stays healthy, that's that's the thing. Yep. Um, yeah, no, very good start from Carlos Rodan. I think he has, the, he has the most strikeouts in a single game so far this year. Granted, it's been four days, but still. Yeah also five strikeouts that's crazy um or five five innings yeah yeah Twelve strikeouts um my second takeaway was yesterday the debut of hunter green that was a lot of fun that like for me watching that was the peak of like my new age of watching baseball like it's one one eye is on the tv screen one eye is on baseball savant yeah, right. He, like Every single – because I had so many stats lined up, and if you if you follow my Twitter, you know that I tweeted 107 times for Hunter Green, once for every mile per hour on his fastball. Yeah. Um, like, I had a ton of stats lined up for when he got there, and he just kept getting there. Um, so, like, just to name a few of the stats that I tweeted. Um, no red starting pitcher has ever thrown more than 10 100-mile-per-hour fastballs since 2008 just in general, like in, yeah. and in general. Uh, Hunter Green threw 20 of them yesterday.
0: Yeah. That's and just
1: it, in his major league debut. Luis on is, April Day ah, in
0: uh, – it was in Cincinnati? It was in Atlanta, so it oh, might have been a little okay, warmer. But, yeah. but
1: still, April weather is April weather. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. Uh, he set the record on 99 uh, mile-an-hour pitches from Red Starters on his 43rd career pitch. <laughs> that, was, that was in a single game. On his 59th pitch, it was – Uh, more 100-mile-per-hour fastballs than any pitcher in Reds history. It took him 59 pitches. That's not 59 fastballs, because obviously he was mixing in some off-speed, which was like 85. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Like, that guy is must-watch baseball. Um, And the last stat that I will share... Actually, I have two more stats. Um, So, he had 45 pitches that were 99 miles per hour or higher. Um... And he became the third person in the pitch-tracking era to have at least 45 99-mile-per-hour pitches in a single game. The other two were Nathan Uvalde on August 19th, 2015, and Noah Syndergaard on May 11th, 2016. So it's been five and a half years since yeah. the last time someone was throwing that hard uh, on that large of a basis. And yeah. that was Hunter Gr- That was his debut. Like, that yeah. was start one. But- uh yeah you need to watch that guy every single time
0: yeah he's unbelievable uh i think number two overall pick in the twenty seventeen
1: draft and he was he was taken as a two way player too
0: that's <laughs> that's very funny uh yeah you know gr- you know great stuff you know throwing a hundred miles per hour f- with frequency mm-hmm. yeah he's uh he's gonna be fun to watch um yeah. probably for a while uh, so
1: my, my, sorry, my last, my last stat, just cause this is, I mean, this has something to do with Hunter Green, but it's not centered around him. Probably the most amazing part of the game was that Matt Chapman's or not Matt Chapman, Matt Olson squared up two of his fastest pitches of the day. <laughs> he threw 101 twice, or I'm sorry, he threw 101, I think five times, two of those went to Matt Olson and he squared up both of them. One of them was a 108 mile an hour sing- single that he pulled on the inside part of the plate I'm not kidding. Like, it's low and inside to Matt Olson, 101, he rips it out to right field for a single. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, How is that even possible? And then next at bat, he throws him 101, like, upstairs, and he takes it to left center field on a line for a home run. Wow. Like, go go watch Matt, Matt Olson's two base hits from uh, Sunday against Hunter Green. Like, it doesn't make any sense how he, A, was able to make contact with either of them, but, B, square them up and hit them at least 100, uh, 108 and 110 miles an hour. Uh, he became the first player in the StatCast era to hit multiple 105-mile-per-hour batted balls against pitches of at least 100 miles per hour in a single game.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a pretty wild stat there. Um, my... Uh, my second takeaway, um, also kind of basic, but, you know, I think it's something we, we already knew and I think, um, you know, kind of in the back of our minds, but uh, Red Sox-Yankees, very competitive, extremely competitive series, um, you know, all uh, all the games were decided by two or less, um, there was an extra innings game to start the series, and I feel like every year, outside of like when the Red Sox do very badly, every year, like it it's like ten to nine yep. uh Red Sox Yankees and I expect more of the same and I expect them to be fighting, you know, for like third
1: a, place in the division? Yeah, for like a
0: wild for that like six wild card spot. <laughs> uh and that's gonna be fun. You know, I, I think the Blue Jays and Rays are gonna be ahead of them, but I think it'll end up where and and we both we both had them in uh third and fourth place uh just the order was a little different in in the al east so and you know it would probably align correctly that uh you know they might be fighting with you know some other teams in the uh in that six wild card spot yes. uh you know that you know sixth, fifth, you know th- one of the three wild card spots in uh in the American league playoffs. Um, so that should be fun. I I haven't looked at the schedule to see like when they're going to be battling, you know, maybe in September, but, uh, you know, those games are fun. They're, uh, you know, they're going to stay fun, very competitive, very long games. Still. I had to, (laughs) I had to explain that, uh, to someone who wasn't very familiar with baseball. I was like, yeah, for some reason, inexplicably, these games go like an extra half hour. (laughs) Yep. Um, but, yeah, so the, that was my second takeaway from uh, this weekend of baseball.
1: Yeah. Um, every game that they played, the Red Sox and Yankees this weekend, like, they could have been decided by either team until the last pitch.
0: Yes. Like, yes. like
1: obviously, game one was a walk-off. Game two, maybe that was the most – I mean, it was the most lopsided. It was a two-run game. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> you know, the Red Sox could have came back in that one. Yep. Um, and then game three, like, Jake Diekman coming on for a one-run save against Judge Stanton and Gallo and striking all three of them out. I know that sounds very cliche, because it's like, oh, like, you know, the haters always talk about how much they strike out all the time, but it's like they're still legitimate threats, like, better than any hitters yeah. in baseball.
0: Right, right. And if they made contact, there's a good chance it was going to be a, an extra base hit. Especially <laughs> with the way Stan was
1: playing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time – I don't think he's hit a ball less than like, ten miles an hour this year, and I'm being completely serious.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, even just – you know, one single. Yeah. Well, well singles are where he gets his most <laughs> exit velocity. Yes. It's pretty crazy what he's able to do. Um mm-hmm. so, yeah. it's just
1: a line drive. Right. And even right. then, like he had a hundred sixteen mile an hour home run that went like three hundred and fourteen feet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But y- still.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh what was your third takeaway?
1: It was of course I mean I'm taking a little victory lap here. I have to. Steven Kwan. Yeah. <laughs> has to. Uh right. Five for five with a hit by pitch yesterday. Um, and that was his, I think he reached base in 13 consecutive plate appearances. Uh, He had an OBP of 867 at one point. (laughs) Um, absolutely ridiculous stuff from Steven Kwan this weekend in Kansas city. I think he hit one extra base hit and it was like the one at bat that I actually like tuned into other than just having the game on in the background. Yeah. Because like the, the game yesterday was like 17 to three or something like that. So like, I kind of just tuned it out early but then i saw he kept he just kept getting on and i was like okay like no i, w- I remember i turned on his last at bat i was like there's no way he goes five for five right and then he hits a double over the right fielder's head uh um yeah i mean that was i think that's my best take so far
0: yeah it, yeah it's yeah when it, he's number one on your uh players to watch so far <laughs> yeah
1: no no doubt connor joe is probably number two um, but number one is for sure Stephen Kwan. Uh, I mean, he's. I mean, you know what? He's the best player in Cleveland Guardians history. Yeah, that's true. That's like, just a fact. You can't you can't refute that at all.
0: Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so that was my third takeaway. Uh, watch Stephen Kwan. He's amazing, and he does, Also, he hasn't swung and missed yet either. He hasn't swung and missed, and he has a, a walk rate at like twenty five percent. Like, he's doing everything right. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Um, all right. Uh, should we do
1: players to highlight now? I guess so. Stephen Kwan just hit a double off of Scott Barlow. Why are my friends fighting? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm so conflicted just watching that. That's f- <laughs> Actually, he tripled, it looks like. Yeah, he, he hit a triple. He tripled off Scott Barlow. Dang. Well, sometimes you're just going to run into uh, an uh, unstoppable force. (laughs) Yeah, Even if you're an immovable object like Scott Barlow is. Yeah. (laughs) I need to see. It was a bases loaded triple, too, so I need to make sure he didn't uh, walk anyone. Actually, I feel like we should explain the concept of the F-War League, even if it doesn't really have anything to do with this show, because it's probably something we'll be referencing. Yes, yes, yes. Because that's, I mean, it's just a fun thing. Yeah, yeah. You want to go ahead and do that? Yeah, I will gladly do that. So the F-War League was started uh by a good friend of mine uh on Instagram uh in 2019 where it's literally just you draft a team on opening or like near opening day it's you know a player at each position three outfielders three starting pitchers two relief pitchers and a utility player and you just it's just whoever calculates the most F4 at the end of the season wins it's as simple as that um, and since it's a homemade league, there's no platform that we're running it on. Like, there's no ESPN. There's no Yahoo Sports. Um, so, you know, we have to keep track of all of it ourselves. Uh, I'm the commissioner of one with Chris and some of our college friends right now. Uh, it's been a lot of fun in the, in the few days. The draft was a good time. Yep. Um, yep. But, you know, that's something that we're going to be doing this season. Uh, I'm excited for your four, first F4 league because it's, I mean, oh, mo- I'm pumped. Mo- yeah. most of the season, it's so good because it's fantasy baseball, but without the daily commitment, which is probably the hardest part of it. Right, right. And you can still, you know, you can make moves. We only allow three moves per season, and it's, like, injury replacements. So, like, if one of your guys gets injured, you don't want to keep them there the rest of the year, so you just you replace them with someone else.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm looking at mine right now. I'm in sixth out of ten so mm-hmm. far, and I'm yeah. you know I keep going in my head. You know it's a long season. It is no like <laughs> the
1: first few days mean nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like
1: the fir- like the re- the good teams will really start to show themselves in like late May. Right. Like that's when you want to start paying attention to the standings.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm thinking. Uh, JT Rail Muto will get out of the negatives. Yeah. Along for sure. with uh Brandon Woodruff and Jose Barrios.
1: I think uh I think the guy that won our league last year, the one that I was in, was in last at the end of April. So hmm. like yeah, it really can be anyone.
0: Yeah, it definitely uh can be. And yeah, given given like what the top three look like right now, mm-hmm. I don't know I don't I don't necessarily think it's gonna stay the same.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Also like being down by one win means nothing. Right. Like, like, that's not a steep hill to climb. You can legit get there in one day if you have a really good day and someone has a really tough day. Oh, because yeah. Because I, I was updating your team today, Chris. You had, like, five players go over for 4. <laughs> and if you go over for 4, that's just... Like, this, me, this league has made me appreciate how difficult it is to accumulate F war. Yeah. Because, like, seriously, you go over for 4, like, that's negative 1.
0: Yeah, negative point
1: 0.1. Yeah, negative point 0.1, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's uh, and like you
1: hit a home run. That's like maybe point two. Yeah, yeah. Like you like you go one for four with a home run. Like you <laughs> might have point two.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: like it's hard to yeah. do that.
0: Yeah, it's fun. I'm excited. I actually um, just for the fun of it, I I went before the season started. I went to all my players uh, on the like Fangraph, whatever the Fangraphs projection is. Mm-hmm. I. Did projection for their wins above replacement, and I added them all together. <laughs> I <laughs> it was, love it. It was projected for fifty-five point four.
1: That would be good enough to be contending for a championship. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think, I think, uh, I think I put myself in a decent spot. Um, the
1: first year that I did it, I finished last out of ten people, and my team had like thirty-three wins. Yeah, this, yeah. Because yeah. ha- all my guys either were injured or underperformed.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, strong – you know, it's a possibility with everyone. Yeah. Especially when you can't – when you don't have a bench. Um, But, yeah, that can – we can – that can lead into our uh, first edition. Yes. First 2022 edition of Players to Highlight, starting with uh, the first 2022 edition of – Um, so who do you have for us this week?
1: So I feel like I've made it a tradition for myself to have two. How about that's for our first edition of the year, because I did so last year and I have done so again this year. Um, do you remember the last team that we highlighted on how about that last year? Like the last team to get highlighted It was the Mets. It was the Mets. That's right. So, uh, starting out this year, we have Eduardo Escobar who had a big weekend against Washington. Uh, a lot of these numbers are not going to sustain themselves because they just can't, Right. but it's it's showing a good um, change in tendencies for him. So, going into this year, uh, he has a career-high walk rate of 8%. That's like the highest he's had in a season. Uh, this year, his walk rate is currently at 21.4%. Hmm. Uh, so, in the early goings, he's making it a habit to be more patient at the plate and um, Obviously, that's not—he's not, not going to finish the year at 21.4. Spoilers—it's not yeah, going to yeah, happen. Yeah. But you know, if he can get above 10% this year, that's going to be a really good investment that the Mets made this offseason to go along with many other others. Uh, he also has a 62.5% hard hit rate and an 89.4 mile an hour average exit velocity, which would be a career high for him. Uh, and he is so—he has played three games and he hit a double in each of them. Uh, and he is the first player in New York Mets history with a double in each of their first three games in a season. Not the team's first three games because he didn't play the third game, but each of the player's first three games of the season. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, Eduardo Escobar. How about that? And my other how about that? Uh, you know, I I chose a, a pretty well known free agent to or former free agent for my first how about that. My second one guy that just. Uh, strolled onto the block new kid johan duran from the minnesota twins he is a relief pitcher have you heard of him um i think i've i think i've
0: heard of him but okay not like uh i haven't i haven't watched him or anything
1: okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna sell you on him right here johan duran made his major league debut on friday yeah i think it was friday and he struck out uh four batters in two innings uh, that is pretty excellent. That's 18 strikeouts per nine. And the interesting thing about him is that he primarily throws a splitter. And through two innings of work, he has thrown more 95-plus mile-an-hour splitters than any pitcher since 2008. And he's probably thrown more 95-mile-an-hour splitters than any pitcher ever. I don't think people were doing that before 2008. Yeah, no. No, no. Um, yeah 95-mile-an-hour splitters. That. It doesn't happen. He threw six of them on Friday. No one has ever thrown more than five. I think Jury's Familia had the most before that, and he's been in the league since the start of the StatCast era. So he's been doing that uh, on various occasions for seven years. Johan Duran did it six times in his first appearance ever. He also gave up four batted balls with uh, an average exit velocity of 87.4 miles per hour, which is relatively slow, and an average launch angle of negative 15.2 degrees. Um... If this guy can consistently throw that splitter and keep it with that speed and keep these batted ball tendencies, this is legitimately a revolutionary pitcher. It's something we haven't seen before. It's something that we can see future archetypes with. Yeah. Like, you know, there is no other Johan Duran right now.
0: That's true. That's true. Very good find. Uh, Johan Duran. Oh, I that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Johan Duran. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like with how hard he throws his splitters, it probably almost acts as a a regular sinker. Yeah. It's, yeah. I I'd like to. Yeah. I probably. It's probably a
1: sinker with more break.
0: Yeah. I'd probably. Yeah. For sure. If if it has more vertical mo- movement, that's pretty deadly. Um. If it has more v- vertical movement than a sinker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. My uh. My how about that is. Uh, the guy who is in the 100th percentile and expected Woba currently, which is Andrew Vaughn uh, in his second year in the league. uh, And his hard hit rate has been 60% this year. And his average exit velocity velocity has been 95.1 miles per hour. Obviously I don't expect that to uh, stay the same, but uh, you know, he looks like he is improving along with that. He has taken 26 swings, and he has swung and missed just once. Uh, also, what might be a little bit of a revelation, um, maybe a little bit of an, of a, of an improvement, uh, last year he had a 265 slugging and a th- 32.6% whiff rate on breaking pitches. But this year, in three plate appearances that have ended on breaking pitches, two of them have been home runs.
1: So, uh, Andrew Vaughn, he's getting my... That's a good one. I feel like I had him as either a... I think I had him as a slightly alarming last year. Um, it was either that or a how about that. I think it was a slightly alarming, though. But I feel like I did highlight him at some point.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like I might have had him as a, as a also, slightly alarming...
1: Also, I feel like... or I've, I've thought of new terminology that we need to adopt this year. So, you know, we have some uh, terms for our players to highlight. If a player is highlighted on How About That, and they are later in the season highlighted on Slightly Alarming, it is a... Freeze-over. Correct, a freeze-over. And vice versa, if we have a player on Slightly Alarming that later gets shown on How About That, it is a...
0: ARR Comeback Special.
1: Yes, it is. (laughs) I've thought of two more things that we need to do. So, Chris, you and I, if we ever use one of our players to watch on either of these segments, I feel like they need some recognition. Um, So, I've thought of one of them. Uh, If you... If you highlight a player that you highlighted at the beginning of the season on your players to watch as a how about that, that's a victory lap. All right. It's a victory yeah. lap. That's what we're calling it. Love uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> and we need, it to, we, I need to, we need to brainstorm a term for if we highlight one of them on slightly alarming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's
1: Because we can't just have a how about that term and not a slightly alarming term. That's
0: true. That's true. Yeah. We need that. Um, I mean, yeah. We might need that soon, yeah. actually. Um <laughs> uh (laughs) so now we go from the highs to the lows we're talking about uh players or subjects that have been underperforming uh and here is our first 2022 edition of slightly alarming uh who do you have for slightly alarming
1: okay so we call this segment slightly alarming and usually the slightly is emphasized at the beginning of the season because usually it's like uh a one-appearance sample, or a three-game sample. Um, This one, I feel like there is actually a bit of worry to it. Um, Julio Arias did not look good uh, in his outing on Sunday. Uh, His line was two innings pitched, six hits, three earned runs, two walks, zero strikeouts, and one home run. Uh, Really did not do anything very well. He gave up six runs, three of them were earned. I guess that's one little... Uh, bright spot is that he didn't actually give up as many runs as there were on the board when he left the game, but his average fastball velocity was at the lowest point of any appearance he's made in his career. From 2016 to right now, the lowest fastball velocity in any appearance he's made was last Sunday. From 2019 to 2021, Julio Arias averaged 94 to 95 miles per hour on his fastball. On Sunday, it topped out at 93.1 miles an hour that is not a good sign that is a pretty significant drop uh in one start um he threw it 23 times on sunday and got zero whiffs it is the only start in his career to this point where he had zero whiffs and a slugging percentage above 300 on his fastball and his slugging percentage against was 400 so that 300 is not a cherry pick at all
0: interesting uh yeah Um i'm Looking at the weather in that's Denver on <laughs> April. It, that t- is fair. April like 10. it could have
1: been a weather in Denver thing, but I mean, that's something that you know. If that's not just a weather in Denver thing, like there is serious cause for concern with Julio Arias.
0: Right, right. Going forward, um, but yeah, Julio Arias. Slightly alarming. Um, I'm just looking at the. What? Where can I find it? Is the issue? <laughs> Um April ten. Yeah, highs of sixty. It wasn't alarming. No. Um Julio Arias was alarming, uh, with his fastball, I guess. Yeah. Um yeah, he topped out at ninety three and he usually averages ninety four to ninety five. Mm-hmm. Pretty wild. Um, my slightly alarming is whatever we're gonna call it, <laughs> uh because he is well he's actually our player to watch. Alex Kirilov. (laughs) Um, He is 0 for 12 with five strikeouts, and he has a 154 expected slugging and a 102 expected WOBA. Whoops. Uh, Yeah, you know, not great from a guy we expected a lot out of because he, you know, we we went over how, you know, he had a 367 expected WOBA last year, and we expected him to do pretty big things uh, this year because of, you know how how good he was with the uh, quality of contact, um, and right now he does not have a batted ball between three and thirty degrees. So yeah, wow. it's all grounders or, or high fly balls, and you know there was one that was like thirty one degrees, which is sometimes acceptable, but I think it was hit like seventy five yeah, miles no, per it's hour. it's got to
1: be like minimum one o five. Yeah, yeah, that to yeah. work out.
0: Um, and uh, along with that, he has a forty eight percent. Whiff rate overall, and an eighty percent whiff rate on curveballs. So uh, Alex Kirilov, right now, I don't expect it long term, but right now, slightly
1: alarming. And we, what about the uh, the talk of shame? Uh the t- the talk of shame. I'm trying to think of um. It's the one that I've brainstormed so far. There's,
0: there's, there. Are, I feel like there's terms for like parents disappointed in their children. <laughs> <laughs> problem or problem child that
1: that seems a little weird yeah it might be <laughs> um, especially
0: when you're talking about a grown man but yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah yeah it we're could gonna,
1: be i mean i don't know we'll, we'll we'll brainstorm and we'll have one to you by the next time we have to highlight a player on slightly alarming that one of us <laughs> yeah had as our player to watch correct season correct alice correct. kurloff is on that list though
0: he's on that list uh we'll figure it out for sure yeah, so he's been um, – yeah, he's been an issue with 0 uh, for 12, 5 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, that does it for players to highlight. I guess we will go into our – Oh, my gosh.
1: We got to do uh, probable matchups. Yeah. our Wow, I missed this. Our preview of the week ahead. Um, it's so cool, like the first time uh, – like the series switches and it's like oh my god we got n- a new set of matchups now yeah yeah that's true <laughs> you're telling me like <laughs> i don't have to watch rays orioles the whole year say so you, you the dodgers and or the dodgers and rockies aren't going to play each other 162 times in yeah. course <laughs> field they get to go other places
0: cuz yeah by the way i don't think we addressed it but the level of matchups cuz usually i think mlb usually likes to have a good first week of matchups mm-hmm. But since this was scheduled as the second week of matchups, matchups were not great. No. <laughs> like, there was nothing, outside of Red Sox-Yankees, there was nothing to really look forward to that much. Like, mm-hmm. just looking at the Sunday matchups, like, Brewers-Cubs, like, not, mat- not matched up too well, you know. Mariners-Twins, I guess, was decent, but, you know, Rangers-Blue Jays, you know, kind of a bottom team versus a top team. You know, Reds, Braves, uh, Mets, Nationals, yeah. <laughs> Rays, Orioles, Phillies, A's. Yeah, not great. But uh, but upcoming this week, uh, as I will be talking about series to watch, and Daniel will be talking about um, pitching matchups. Um, so for a series to watch, uh, you have to look at Yankees, Blue Jays, um, each coming off a, a series in which they won two out of three. Um you know that's a. Those are teams that are you know competing for an American League East crown, so it's good to see. Um, it'll be good to see uh, what they'll have in store. I know on uh, Tuesday or does it start today? Yeah, it starts uh, tonight, Monday. Uh, it's you have Jameson Tyon versus Alec Manoa, then mm-hmm. Tuesday, it is Nestor Cortez versus Yu Suzuki. Then Wednesday, Wednesday, it is Garrett Cole versus Jose Barrios, which should be a, a good matchup. And, yeah, it's a four-game series. Uh, Thursday, will be featuring Luis Severino and Kevin Gosman. So uh, all the pitching matchups look very even, as it normally does at the beginning of the, of the year. So, yeah, Yankees, Blue Jays, and then I guess in the National League, uh, also in the East Coast, uh one to pay attention to there's a couple to pay attention to i won't probably i probably won't go into as Mm -hmm. grand a detail but Phillies mets uh at citizens bank uh park and then giants padres at oracle uh so yeah some good competitive matchups you know for a little bit of a change this time around so those should be uh those would be fun to watch. What do you got for the day by days?
1: Yeah, so for the day by days, uh, I guess we'll start on Tuesday because I don't know when we are dropping this, but yeah. I feel like the matchups on Monday will be dated by the time people are listening to this. Yeah, uh, you have the All Ohio matchup in uh, uh, Guardians versus Reds. I did definitely did not almost say the forbidden name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you have the a pair of aces going in Shane Bieber and Tyler Male. Uh, Tyler Molly will be making his first start in Great American Ballpark. I mentioned in um, the season previews episode for the Reds that Tyler Molle, um struggles a lot at um, at Great American Ballpark, and he's one of the best pitchers in the league on the road. Also struggles against the Guardians in the brief time that he's faced them. Uh, 22 plate appearances against the Guardians and a 980 FIP. That's not great. Weird. Uh, Matt Brash will be making his major league debut. That is an ARR alumni. Actually, I guess it's an STBNL alumni. Yeah. We'll, we'll call it whatever. Well, it's we'll it's it it the
0: same. Thing. It's the same franchise. It's like the um, the same way that, uh, um, what is it? George Sisler is is one of the best in the uh, yeah. Orioles organization. Yeah. It's part. It was you know in the ARR is in the STB. Yeah. It's like
1: Walter Johnson with the Twins. Yeah. 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 It's like that. Uh, you have a couple of lefties going in Blue Jays-Yankees, like you mentioned. Yusei Kikuchi making his debut for Toronto with Nestor Cortez, a fan favorite. Also just a interesting guy in the mound. Uh, that he will be going. A um, couple of young lefties going on the West Coast in a rare Marlins-Angels matchup. I love that this is the first year for ARR that we get the weird interleague matchups. Like, it's not the West playing the West, the East playing the East. Yeah. Because it's been that in every single year that we've done ARR. Like, what was it? Um... What were the cool, ma- like A's Phillies last yeah. weekend? Like, that was dope. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this week we get Marlins, the Angels. Um, uh, Jesus Lazardo making his season debut. That's a guy to watch for. And then Patrick Sandoval, who is my uh, Angels player to watch. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, you also have the all-meme matchup in Dodgers Twins. Another, <laughs> another weird matchup. You have Andrew Heaney versus Chris Archer. That's funny. Uh, Andrew Heaney as a meme for... Just kind of being himself, giving up a lot of home runs. And then Chris Archer for a uh, infamous trade that doesn't look as bad now. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Luis Garcia will be facing Madison Bumgarner in uh, Astros Diamondbacks. Uh, ooh, here's an interesting one. Yu Darvish versus Alex Cobb in um, the Padres-Giants matchup. Both of these pitchers have struggled mightily against the other team. In uh, 82 plate appearances against the current San Francisco Giants roster, uh, Hugh Darvish has a 28% strikeout rate, which is very good, but a 365 Woba against and a 680 FIP. Uh, on, on the other hand, Alex Cobb, in 54 plate appearances against the current San Diego Padres Roger, roster, has a 368 Woba against and an 832 FIP. Oh, And that is also... But also, he has it on a 1.4-degree launch angle, which is good. And my matchup of the night, uh, I think this is just a really good one for narratives. Uh, Tyler McGill versus Zach Wheeler in Mets Phillies. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Mets fans are very, very high on Tyler McGill. um, And for good reason. You know, he had a very good outing against the Nationals on opening day last season. And Zach Wheeler is their old friend. Yeah. Wow, in hundred and eighty-one plate appearances versus the current Mets roster. Zach Wheeler's FIP is one point seven three. Hmm. He has kinda had their number. Yeah. Uh ever since. Ever since he left. That's interesting. Uh going into Wednesday, I need to prepare this segment on the fly. I I'm using I'm y am using i am I upgraded from just like the daily pitching matchups on the MLB app to, like, the probable pitchers on Savants. I wanted to use, like, the daily matchups to highlight some batters that have, like, had some success or some struggles against pitchers, but Savants right. just took that away for no reason. Um, Oof. Max Freed will be going against Josiah Gray in Nats Braves. Um, that'll be an inter- interesting one. You will have the Christiana Classic, one of your favorites, the don't throw it above 91 miles per hour matchup in Kyle Hendricks versus Zach Thompson in uh, Cubs Pirates. Love it. Yeah. Um, oh, baby, I'm gonna save that one. Actually, no, I'm not gonna save that one. Max Serger versus Aaron Nola. That's. I feel like they've both faced each other a lot. Uh, oh yeah. They definitely have. Yeah, 184 plate appearances for Serger against the Phillies roster, 232 for Nola against the Mets. Serger has a 206 FIP and a 144 average against. Uh, in true Aaron Nola fashion, he is a 265 average against against the uh, against the Mets. I'm sure his expected batting average is, yeah, it's 246. It's yeah some points lower. Uh, 294 fifth, though, so that's excellent. Um, you have Clayton Kershaw making his season debut, I believe. I don't think he's pitched yet this year against Chris Paddock of the Twins. He just can't get away from facing the Dodgers, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Um,
0: that'll be a fun one. I feel like we know when Clayton Kershaw makes his first start because there will be some, like, mlb post of like him him uh him like getting a nice uh curveball strikeout looking and then it'll be some caption of something implying that he's like still got it or whatever mm-hmm. it's like you know it's yeah. kind of routine i feel like i've seen that a lot he Maybe, does though yeah he still has he's yeah for sure he had a three he had a flat three fit last year yeah uh
1: we have the t- we have turned back the clock night in st louis with uh the twenty fourteen classic of Zach rinke versus Adam Wainwright. Oh my God! <laughs> Royals, Cardinals. Actually, that could be more like two thousand six. Yeah. If you think about it. Two thousand seven. When did Wainwright become a full time starter?
0: Um. Yeah. Probably. Probably late. Late aughts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that's gonna be a fun one just for just for old time's sake. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny seeing uh, yeah Zach rinke with the Royals again. It feels very weird. It, it does feel weird. Like you don't really remember him for the Royals, because like his, I mean, his best year was in Kansas City. But like you know, I grew up with him on the Giant or on him, him on the Dodgers, and like it feels weird to see him on the Royals, but it also feels right. Yeah. Because that's just that's where he was. Right. Right. Um, you have newly acquired Sean Mania who th- went six no hit innings in his Padres debut going against Logan Webb. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. That's going to be yep. a good one. Uh, this is, you know, like the Wednesday is going to be like when all the, the rotation turns to number one again. So there's just going to be a bunch of aces facing each other. Yeah, it is. Uh, Frankie Montas versus Shane McClanahan. That one's a good one. Jose Barrios versus Garrett Cole. Yep. Uh, Corbin Burns versus John Means. (laughs) Robbie Ray versus Dallas Keuchel. Two completely opposite lefties. That's very true. (laughs) Two completely opposite lefties. Matchup of the night. Uh, once again, for narratives, uh, in Red Sox-Tigers, Nathan Eovaldi versus Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, it's their
0: number, uh, basically one number one and two from last year. Yep. Um, so
1: so yeah. then the last Battle one. Battle of the BABIP. Battle of the BABIP, yeah. <laughs> Who will give up more hits? <laughs> Over or under 17 and yeah. a half hits between the two of
0: them. There will be no walks. Each guy will have like at least eight strikeouts. Yep. <laughs> but the yep. final score will be seven to five.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> very true. So moving on to Thursday, um, When when's, I don't know the next time we're going to record, but uh, we, I don't yeah. know how far I want to go with these previews. I feel We'll just stop on Thursday, and then yeah. we'll see where we're at at the end of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, yeah, we'll see. Um, on Thursday, you have uh, Logan Gilbert going against the White Sox. The White Sox have not announced their starter yet. It'll probably be Lucas Giolito. Um, so that would right. be an exciting one, hypothetically. You will have Brandon Woodruff going against the Cardinals in the, uh, looks like the series opener for uh, Brewers and Cardinals. It's going to be the Brewers' home opener as well. So it's cool that they get Woodruff on the mound. Um, you're going to have, I'll save that for Matchup of the Night. Um, yeah, I'll save that for Matchup of the Night. Kevin Gosman versus Luis Severino. Uh, Kevin Gosman for me, is like a golden example of how much differently I look at pitchers now that the F4 league is a thing and I have to keep track of them every day. Because yeah. Kevin Gosman, if you look at his last start, uh, he, gave, like, he had a really good strikeout to walk ratio, didn't give up any home runs, but he has a 540 ERA. Yeah. So I was like, like I looked at it the other day, I was like, wait, Kevin Gaussman is didn't have a good start? I thought he got like .2 F4. <laughs> uh, he'll be facing Luis Severino. Yeah. Um, we got bad up in that first game. A lot of team, a lot of teams just haven't announced their starters. Matchup of the night for right now, uh, Kyle Gibson, sneaky, had a really good outing. On uh, I think it was Friday or I think it was Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. He'll be going up against Sandy Alcantara, who is looking to have a bounce back start. Five walks uh, in his season debut. Huh. Yeah, so that's that's something that's got to change. But other than that, those are the matchups for the night. Uh, and uh, yeah, just. It's going to be a good week. The first week of baseball. It's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh it's I think I think series-wise there's a lot more to watch, I think. Yeah. This past week of series, you know, there was there was a lot to be desi- desired. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously at this point in the year, there's not going to be a lot of meaning to many series, but it feels like there's more meaning yeah. to these with, you know.
1: You know what's going to be cool though? I mean, I don't know how exactly the schedule is made but like the end of the season will probably be really dope because that's when they just pushed all like the di- the canceled games yeah that's sure. true that's
0: true yeah looking forward to that for sure mm-hmm. um all right well that does it for previews and that does it for uh the the first um above replacement radio you know of the of the 2022 season is. actual season um you know we were happy to be joined by you uh we hope you enjoyed this one. If you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gionta and follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curren and follow the show Instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs. Um, and we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you kind of whenever <laughs> uh, where we will be talking all the happenings in major league baseball. Once again, see you then. This conversation, this conversation is over. <laughs> is over.